Welcome back to another episode of Title Talk. Of course, it's Bryson here. And of course, I'm joined by LB NFL. What is going on, LB NFL? How are you today, sir? It's my Saturday. It's rainy. It's good to listen to a podcast, especially a Patriots one, featuring L. Bryson. That is correct, Bryson NFL. Uh, unfortunately, we're here with you after the Patriots lost their first game. They're now 5-1, and one, unable to topple the Jets. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I was just thinking of all the people who are crying these past couple of days as if the Patriots lost the game, which, you know, I think most people would have told them in advance, just take the win, escape from Thursday night football with a win, and you should be happy. Thursday night games are a mess, but not as messy as my love life. <laughs> and not as messy as me after I return from the gym, LB, because... Let's just start with Jim Corner, then we'll get to the Patriots, because Jim Corner matters way more right now. So, Jim Corner, LB and I, after our latest podcast, Roasting Babies at the Gym, got a nasty email, believe it or not, from Mothers for Babies at the Gym Association. There's actually an association for this with a a lot of backing, and we're not going to take your shit. Babies don't belong at the gym. And by the way, OB, neither does grunting extremely loudly at the gym, because that's my gym corner story. Guy in the gym, doing oblique raises, may or not been using uh, a very heavy amount of weight, which is code for I'm an idiot at the gym. And he was just grunting violently and doing this extremely fast oblique raises. You guys know what I'm talking about if you go to the gym. Just get your 30s or your 20s. If you're really strong, 40s, go really slow, work it that way. And I don't care if you grunt, but how about not like a silverback gorilla? Like, just, let's just not grunt like an absolute freak a million times in a row. That makes, that makes me very uncomfortable while I'm sitting there trying to do my bicep curls, which, by the way, in and out 15 minutes at the gym, and I'm gone, OB. Look, man, if I want to hear grown men grunt, I'll go into the locker room where they're all sitting around naked being weird together. And you're right. You're absolutely right. Another, you know, you bring me to a serious point. These people that want to work out for like six hours at a time, it's so stupid. You really don't need to work out that long. Your muscle literally, um, you probably know the word better than me, but you literally, after about 40 minutes, that stuff that your muscles releases, it stops doing that. So you're really just wasting your time. But everybody these days wants to work out for eight hours and be a meathead. So I guess they got to go to the gym for 45 hours in a row and grunt very loudly, you know, because that's what everybody loves so that you have your microphones on, you know, full blast. And you can still hear this dude grunting while he does like bench press. Like, all right, man, we get it. You're over there. You're benching a lot of weight with shitty form and you're not even like doing it properly. You're very cool. You're very awesome. I strive to be as cool as you, but please stop. Next, we're going to get a, get something from Men Who Grunt at the Gym Association. That'll be the next email. Yeah, we ain't taking no shit either, LB. We've got a powerful army 
of Twitter followers that are ready to go. Like, we haven't even unleashed Dave Tank on the bit Mothers for Babies at the Gym Association. And help, so help me God if we have to, because I will. No, no, they, they don't want no part of Dave Tank. Dave Tank, I felt like, was back. It's funny that you just brought up Dave Tank. I was thinking Dave Tank. He had some tweets earlier. He was calling somebody an effing moron. I loved it. I was like, that's what I like to see. <laughs> I was like, like, that's what I love to see, Dave, man. Calling people back to calling people effing morons. That's that's what it's all about right there. You know, truthfully, this guy is just a legend to us. He's a legend. You know, he deserves he deserves a million followers. But, you know, people people just don't they don't respond to our advances to tell them to follow this guy. They don't understand. He's as loyal as they come and he will defend you with his uh, he's the type of guy, man. He'll slit his throat and with his last gasping breath, he'll apologize for bleeding our shirt. He's that type of guy. He's loyal. He's a real man. We love Dave Tank way more than that baby gorilla Shobbs. <laughs> LB is very right about this. Dave Tank owns, Shobbs is not. LB said something really good earlier, and that was that it's great to escape Thursday night football with no injuries because, as we know, NFL players hate these Thursday night football games, most of them at least. I love them as a fan. I don't know if you do, LB, but I love watching my team on primetime anytime. My team, yes, I love watching the Patriots on primetime and really most games on primetime, but these Thursday night football games can get ugly, and it's good for them to like just escape the game with minimal injuries I know Josh Gordon left the game, twisted his knee up a little bit, but they sound like he was going to be okay. Pro Football Doc said he was going to be okay. So the biggest takeaway from me for this game is the Patriots escaped relatively healthy, and they have a mini buy, buy in all caps, because if you don't do that, then it's very weird. Buy week in all caps. They have a mini buy, and then they play on Monday night, I believe. So they actually have a lot of time to rest here, a lot of time to prepare for their next couple opponents if they if they would like. Give their guys some days off. God knows they need it, especially our dear friend Julian Edelman. But, yeah, that's my biggest takeaway from the game. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, you just you just got to win these games. I said it before the game. I never worry about score. I don't worry about the style points. I truthfully just want them to win and escape, hopefully, injury-free. We're still kind of waiting um, on more for Josh Gordon. I know that I did hear that it's not expected to be serious. He's not expected to miss a significant significant amount of time. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what that means. I mean, even if he misses one game, that's, yeah, you know, with the way the offense has looked, you really don't want to miss any games, truthfully, but... The defense right now is doing phenomenal, um, and I really think that they just the, – the wide receiver core is very depleted. I did like some of the things I saw, though. I did see positives the other night. Um, the biggest thing to me was getting the win. That's it, you know. You and I talked about it a little bit before the game. Daniel Jones, we liked him. He did show some flashes. But at the end of the day, the Patriots' defense is embarrassing everybody right now. They've embarrassed everybody going back to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff now gets looked at as as if he is the worst quarterback in the league. But realistically, he's not. The Patriots just made him look that way. Daniel Jones did make make some nice passes. He also had that uh, some interceptions. But that's the Patriots' defense. The boogeyman linebacker core has everybody shook right now. I'm just I'm very pleased that they won. They're six and oh, they won thirty-five to fourteen. They did put up twenty-one offensive points. I wouldn't sit here and tell you the offense looks fantastic or as good as we've seen it in the past, but at the end of the day, we're winning football games. And I did like some of the things I saw from Gunner and Jacoby Myers receiving the ball as well. Yes, OB. That's a very good point. Uh, twenty-one points, not the greatest offense we've seen, but they also had sixty-five 
completed passes plus rushes, which is a very good football stat for showing that you are an efficient football team, converting third downs, converting passing plays. They had 40 minutes of time of possession. Of course, the defense was only on the field uh, for 50 plays, I believe. So the offense was controlling the ball. They didn't score a whole lot of points. I know Brady had the, the sack fumble for a score. Marshall Outhouse, of course, made his presence known very much. Uh, shout out to Isaiah Wynn. We miss you very much. Everyone on Title Talk and everyone Patriots Nation misses you very much. Get well soon, King, because Marshall Outhouse ain't it. I think once Isaiah Wynn comes back, the offense, probably 40% of the offense's problems will be solved just by Isaiah Wynn coming back. But, yeah, that's pretty much it, OB. I mean, the other thing that people were talking about on the Twitter ESPN first take says, are Tom Brady's best years behind him? Now, let, let's just hold on for a second. Let's just keep that that thought pinned up. 42% of people said no. <laughs> okay. Tom Brady is 42. Guys, I love Tom Brady. He's amazing. But Tom Brady's best years are most certainly behind him. And that doesn't mean much because he's still amazing. This is what I think about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever. He has nothing else to prove. You should not feel insignificant or like any anything else by saying that Tom Brady might not be the best quarterback in the NFL right now, but he's undoubtedly top 10. And with, with the Patriots defense, top 10 is most certainly good enough. But he just doesn't – he's like – 85%, 90% of Tom, prime Tom Brady. And that's still an amazing quarterback and most of better than uh, most than most of the league. Better than most of the league. And, you know, his his best years, of course, are behind him because he's 42, like I just said. But doesn't matter. Patriots are good, and Tom Brady's still really good. He's just not amazing Tom Brady, prime Tom Brady that we're used to. You know, the funny thing about this is that and, and, and by the way, I, I totally agree. We actually talked. I'm, I'm happy that we talked about this. We kind of foreshadowed it a little bit. We talked about it a little bit the other day on our podcast. You know, Tom Brady is still top 10 at worst. No matter what, he's a top 10 quarterback. You know, you could argue top five. I know some people look at the numbers and say no, you know, and whatever. He's still great. Still very, very good. Still good enough to win a Super Bowl with. I don't think there's any question about that, especially with this defense. You should be happy that Tom Brady doesn't have to carry the team on his back anymore like he used to. There are good things about this. I mean, we, I, you, you and I, we talk a lot about those years when the defense was just total ass and Brady would carry them to 38 points and they would lose or Brady would carry them and they would just barely escape with a win, you know? Those days, we don't have to worry about that too much anymore. He can have a bad game and they can win. Five years ago, if Tom, uh, maybe probably a little bit more than five years ago now, boy, time flies. Probably, probably six, seven years ago, Tom Brady couldn't do that. He couldn't play less than stellar and you win. If he played less than stellar, you're losing and it's going to not, it might not be a pretty game. It's probably, it might not even be a close game. You might get blown out when he plays poorly. Now he can actually have a down game by his standards, and you can still win going away. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I know the pundits want to get on TV. They want to say he sucks. But it's time to start looking at things more realistically. I mean, it is what it is. He's still very good. The team is is incredible. He's a top-10 quarterback. And a top-10 quarterback with the best defense in the NFL, 
I like their chances. And Tom Brady is our guy. He'll always be our guy. And let me tell you something, Tom Brady, I don't care what version of it he is. I'm taking him over any other quarterback in the NFL for her intangibles for other reasons because I know in the clutch he's going to come up clutch. He's going to find guys. He's going to make plays. And Tom Brady's just a man. You know, I, I, there's, there's so many positives. You can either look at it in the negative light and say, look, Brady's not what he used to be. Uh-oh. This is different, man. This is different. This isn't the same Patriots team. Tom Brady can do that, and they can win. Yeah, he was also throwing the ball to Gunnar Ozuski. Jacoby Myers, former quarterback. Julian Edelman, who's banged up, also 33, still really good. Josh Gordon went out on this game. Ryan Izzo, like these are the players Tom Brady's thrown to. And I would just also like to say that I really enjoyed seeing Tom Brady pad his stats with the rushing touchdowns. Uh, one time, two plays in a row, Tom Brady quarterback sneaks, and then he finally gets a rushing touchdown. That was awesome for me. I'm I'm tired of the racism, let me tell you, because everybody says Lamar Jackson's a running back, right? Well, Tom Brady had a two-touchdown game. He has three rushing touchdowns this year. Jackson only has one. And you're telling me that Tom Brady isn't a running back? Why? Because he's white? Give me a break. Tom Brady is a running back back there, a quarterback, and people need to accept that, too. 2,000 rushing yards, LB. 2,000 rushing yards. You hear that? He's coming for you, whoever holds that record, Eric Dickerson. He's coming for you, buddy. So you better be up in the stands pouting when Brady breaks that record, you weird, weird glasses-wearing freak. He's coming for you. He's coming for you. I love it. Also, so a little bit of downs from the game, Marcus Cannon kind of had a rough game, which makes it really hard for the Patriots because they've been protecting Marshall Outhouse, and it – and that still hasn't been the greatest. But now that Marcus Cannon's also playing not so good, it makes it even harder. And then Ryan Izzo is having a tough time pass blocking and run blocking. Just overall, some stinky play from the Patriots' edges that I I miss Gronk. Yeah, dude. No, I, I have been saying this for quite some time. I know you have as well. They miss Gronk big time. Maybe more for his blocking at least for last year. Last year, we did not see prime Gronk. He was still very good, still a top 10 tight end. But they missed Gronk's blocking because he was he was an extra tackle out there, except he was better than any tackle that you're going to sign off the streets and play extra tackle. I know that you and, you and I were always big Michael Williams guys. <laughs> he played, uh, he played really, he was a lineman. Played line in college, and he played some tight end in the pros, some tackle. They gave him a lineman number, and <laughs> they let this guy stand out there and really tricked the NFL. It was actually a great move. Give this guy a lineman number and just let him be a blocker. And every once in a while, he can go out for a pass. If he has to, he can get downfield. But I mean, Gronk's blocking was just spectacular last year. It was as good as we've ever seen, truthfully. I mean, and of course they missed that. The guy was a monster. I, I think back to that AFC championship game, he was manhandling people. Yeah. There was also a play where he goes to chip Suggs and just absolutely pancakes him then runs into the flat and gets the ball. That's prime Gronk. I believe it was an AFC championship game. You can find it on YouTube. That oh, I love Gronk. that play. I love that play. I hated Suggs, man. I've always said the greatest rivalry in sports was Terrell Suggs' gums versus his teeth. <laughs> Terrell Suggs and not pouring bleach on his family. <laughs> Terrell Suggs, his mother looks at him. And, and look, look, Terrell Suggs has the face only a mother can love. And when she looks at him, she projectile vomits. That's all you need to know about Terrell Suggs. OB owning. Just like the punt team owning OB, the punt team carrying the offense. I said it on Twitter. Punt team actually 
going to carry the offense. I should say punt return. Punt block team, punt return team, but punt team owning. The punt team's owning, and I know that our good friends over there at uh, BJ, I won't even give give their name because they don't deserve it. Um, they would tell you the Patriots don't need weapons, and you know what? They took a W. The Patriots don't need weapons because they have a weapon, and it's called the punt block team. His name is Brandon Bolden, and he's here to score all sorts of touchdowns and not care how it happens. <laughs> You know, and then uh, Winovich getting the touchdown. I mean, I was still stunned that he was able to just stand under it for that long and nobody was around. Like, he was just standing there. Like, he could have called a fair catch and caught that one. He just stood there and somehow fell into his hands, and he scores a touchdown. That was fantastic. You got to love Winovich. Absolutely. The the other thing I love, LB, our good, good friend, friend of the podcast, Darrell Rivas, said that Gilmore – is a number one corner in the NFL. So just shout out to Revis. Uh, he's very salty post-Patriots. Actually, his jersey right now is up for auction on eBay, the one that, the, one that he won with the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But, you know, Revis, you're about a year and a half too late, but um, it's better late than ever, I guess. So thank you, Revis. Gilmore gets some, Gilly Lock getting some praise. I know even Darius Slay said Gilmore was the best corner in the NFL. And Gilmore in this game... Two for eight, two targets, eight incompletions, interception, dropped interception, another tipped caused interception that John Simon, another good friend of the podcast, love John Simon, and um, a really good catch on the sideline too, and a really good block on his on his tipped interception. Gilmore was lights out, had four forced incompletions, and some people say five pass breakups. I haven't tracked them for sure, so I can't really tell you. But no matter where Gilmore was, even if you target him, he's just punching the ball out. And that's another thing, good thing we can talk about, OB. Bill Belichick teaching his defensive backs to not play the ball like casual Twitter goers want the Patriots to do. You know, when you see a ball and then you're like, ah, just turn around. No, the Patriots teach the defensive backs to attack the ball in their hands. And that's what Gilmore was doing and was working. That's what John Jones does. That's what J-Mac did in the Super Bowl. I really love to see it. And when opponents target the Patriots secondary, I think in this game or past 10 yards, they have like an 89 cover rating per PFF. So I love to see all this. You got to love it, man. You know, shout out to Sterling Moore, the uh, the OG of the let them catch it and then punch it out in the AFC Championship game back in 2011. Sterling Moore, not a great player, but in my opinion, you should never have to pay for a bear in Boston again. Uh, he's very much responsible for them getting to a Super Bowl that year. Lee Evans had it in his hands, looked like a sure touchdown. Moore punches it out. Fantastic play. Wouldn't you know it? Cundiff comes on the field, who was a very good kicker at the time, misses a gimme. Patriots go on to the Super Bowl. Uh, the rest is history, of course. Patriots now have been to all these Super Bowls. Everybody probably loses track. Um, back to the Revis thing. I do love it. I love seeing Revis say that. I didn't know that his Super Bowl thing was um, – his Super Bowl jersey was up for auction. That's just silly. I, I don't know why you would do that. The guy has all the money in the world. That's goofy as hell. I remember the whole thing where his mother showed up for the ring ceremony. They didn't – and, and, you know, them not letting her in, I've always said I don't believe the Patriots actually wanted him back. I think that they off gave him an offer that they knew we wouldn't accept just to save some face. I think they were moving on. They didn't want to marry Revis, and I kind of get it. He had his own issues that year. He had a fight with Brandon Browner where apparently Browner punched him in the face. W. Showed <laughs> big, big W for our, for our prison pal, Brandon Browner. Big fan of the podcast as well. Listening from prison, I'm sure, tonight. Um, 
and of course he he had showed up late for practice one time and so i don't think they were ever interested in re- marrying revis but that's a story for another day Drell revis was a great great here for a year after that practice after he got sent home he was lights out i did love that he called him stephen gilmore you know yeah, so it's nice. like yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, i've watched okay. a lot of stephen gilmore film and i say he's the best Thanks, Daryl Revis. Thank you, Daryl. Like, come on, man. At least get his name right, bro. But nonetheless, great shout out. Like you said, punching balls away. If they're going to make the reception, man, punch that baby away. Incomplete. They've been doing it a ton. And I've been noticing, too, it seems like they're just they're just all over everything. They're Everything's fast. tight. They're fast. fast. They're all over everything. I mean, everything's tight. This isn't those years where we just saw blown plays and nobody around even when teams get a completion the first play of the game Gil, they got a completion on Gilmore for maybe eight nine yards whatever Gilmore right there to make the tackle it's just incredible how fast they are and how close they're they're always flying around the football this defense is special yeah exactly Jamie Collins had a forced fumble and the thing that's different about turnovers and having a slow defense slow defenses generally don't get a lot of turnovers they don't they don't make a lot of plays and they don't force a lot of fumbles and they don't get a lot of fumbles because they're slow obviously speed equals force times velocity right something like that speed creates force basically so the Patriots defense is fast and they get a lot of interceptions and they get a lot of force fumbles and they make a lot of plays as Belichick said in the office told people in the offseason per our good friend Colin Cowherd that this Patriots defense is going to be way more athletic they're going to be way more athletic this year he's excited for them they're going to be fast and remember he said we'll be back and does appear that way because the Patriots defense Super fast. Seeing Jamie Collins just like do acts of beastliness, like ra- like just random acts. It's like, oh yeah, that's Jamie Collins. He just threw a guard down and then punched the ball out and casually, like, and it's just so casual for Jamie Collins. He just does amazing things so many times. The game is truly coming so easily to him right now. This is this is the best version of Jamie Collins I've ever seen. He's he's playing amazing. Deserves all the props in the world. He he has really stepped it up. He was in Cleveland rotting away, didn't really give much effort, was kind of quitting on plays. He comes back to New England and he's just playing the best football of his life and he deserves all the credit in the world. The guy's playing lights out. This defense is playing lights out. But, you know, like as we all know, it doesn't matter who you beat. If you hold the Super Bowl, you know, if you hold the team three points in the Super Bowl, everybody's going to say, who you? Who did you play? Yeah, exactly. Our good friend Brian tweeted out some Jamie Collins stats because Brian thinks that Jamie Collins should be Defensive Player of the Year. A lot of people think this. 30 tackles, 23 solos, 7 assists, 9 TFLs, 4.5 sacks, Five or six quarterback hits, four passes defended, two forced fumbles, fumble recovery, and three interceptions, one interception touchdown. These are great stats for our boy Jamie Collins. He is playing incredible, and that that linebacker core. I know that I saw something that uh, Peter Schrager was kind of roasting the linebacker core for saying that they were the boogeymen. And then the next day he said, I'm sorry, I was wrong. They are the boogeymen. And, you know, hey, at least he owned the L, man, because they are. They are the boogeymen. I, they are scaring people. I swear. I remember I said it during the game uh, against Washington. We discussed it. And when Colt McCoy is running to the sidelines and he just the ball comes flying out for no reason. Just shook, man. They just they feel the pressure. They, this team is just scaring the shit out of their opponents right now. Yes, they are. High tower looks like beast tower, fast tower. 
Jamie Collins looks like the defensive player of the year. Landon Roberts is a guy that we think is a solid NFL player who's not getting very many snaps because the defense is just very good and has a lot of depth. Yeah, and you know I love Landon Roberts. Bentley has definitely played better lately. It's tough. It's tough sledding for him right now. He's a team captain, though. He's got himself a couple of Super Bowl rings. Uh, I don't know where the, what the future holds for Landon Roberts in New England, but I'm very. I, I've always liked the guy, and I'll always like Landon Roberts. I think he's a great player, and I think he does what what he needs to for the team. So this defense is just playing incredible. I mean, it's it's impossible to not talk about this defense every week. Yeah, we usually say the same thing, like they're very fast, but it's a it's a surprise. The Patriots, the early 2010s, even the late 2010s, just absolute automatic completions. When you saw a quarterback rear him back to throw 30 yards, you're like, yeah, dear God, that's going to be a completion. This is bad. It's third and 20. Doesn't matter. Quarterback draws back and you just absolutely know it's going to be completed. And now they're the complete opposite. You're like, yep, that's an interception. You can almost feel it in your bones and almost nearly is every single time. They got quarterbacks just running for their lives. The pocket will not even necessarily be broken down yet. And they're like, yep, I'm out. No thanks. They want no part of this, man. They want no part of this. This defense is just – they're putting the fear of God into people right now. And it's evident when you watch them play that they are just – they're not interested in, in a whole lot with this defense right now. I know it's the Giants. I know it's a rookie quarterback, but – Colt McCoy did the same thing, veteran quarterback. He looked rattled. So many of these quarterbacks just look rattled and lost. They're making everybody look like a rookie right now. OB, people don't understand. Like, when the Patriots' defense was bad, they would constantly make good quarter- bad quarterbacks, shitty quarterbacks look amazing. Like, they would constantly make – even Colt McCoy had that game against them early in the 2010s. The, I know you posted about it. posted about it. The Patriots would consistently make shitty quarterbacks look good, and now it's the complete opposite, and people don't care. Like, the Patriots are just blowing teams out, even though they're bad teams. People don't care. Their adjusted rating is much better than last year, especially on defense. Offense, about similar, even though I think it's better because last night's team, or not last night, Thursday night's team, doesn't have Josh Gordon. They're starting left tackle. Fildor sits out. And they still were moving the ball respectively, running the ball decently, passing the ball decently, especially in the second half. Like last year's team probably doesn't do that. No, they don't. Um, And last year's defense really came on late. I know that you were a big fan of theirs pretty much throughout the year, but they definitely had their moments where they just looked really bad. But we watched, I remember, like you said, Colt McCoy, 2010. I remember Vince Young had a good game for the, versus them. I believe that was 2011 or 2010. And I remember the, the days when A.J. Feely would come in and light you up and have, the, have a career day, and just every crap bag quarterback would come in and put up 300 yards. And those days are gone. Now when they play a crap bag quarterback, he looks like a crap bag quarterback. And that's all you can do is you can only play the people in front of you and you can either let them play at your level and you can come down to their level or you can absolutely embarrass them. And right now they're embarrassing people. Yes, they are. They're embarrassing everybody. And people will weep as Tom Brady is 42, still a top 10 quarterback, and his defense is finally the defense that people thought that Tom Brady had this entire time. People will weep about this, and I love it. Yeah, but it's incredible because they still don't want to give. Now, Brady has an amazing defense, right? 
and people are fighting us on it. They're saying, no, this defense is overrated. They haven't played anybody. W, so Tom Brady caring. Let's go. That's what I'm saying. Obviously, it's just it, the defense is overrated, and Tom Brady is actually much better than people think, and he's actually carrying the entire team on his back per usual because the defense actually sucks. They haven't played anybody. So thank you, Tom Brady, for being the GOAT. These idiots – come on Twitter and they cry about everything the Patriots do. Their opponents suck. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not buying this team. They're overrated. The worst 6-0 team I've ever seen. And then when the Patriots start to embrace that nobody believes in us role, they cry. You can't be underdogs and have all those championships. You can't blah, 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 blah. It's like, just shut up. Like, you guys just bend over backwards and move the goalposts any chance you can get. And it's just so annoying, man. It's like, just shut up. Use your brain. Please, just use your brain once. We need to throw these people in prison. Yeah, especially with the mothers for babies at the gym association. They can go there, too. And then, of course, the males for screaming extremely loudly association. They they can also go to prison. They can do that, too. They can grunt in prison all they want, man. Some of the prisoners might like it. They can grunt in the weight room at prison. I think that I did hear that they started banning weight rooms in prisons now, but – it's so annoying, man. Like, what do people want? Do they want the so? You and then funny, the whole, LB? yeah. What's up? Last year, I of course listened to many podcasts, and Ryan Russell on his podcast was saying, "I don't know if this Patriots team is good. They have more road losses than usual. They've lost to all non-playoff teams. Completely ignoring that the Patriots beat the Chiefs and I think five other playoff teams. Completely ignoring all of this." And now that we're in a new year, the Patriots have clobbered their opponents. I know they probably aren't the best teams. Definitely Miami stinks. The Redskins stink. Uh, The Giants aren't that good at all. They're probably a bottom 25 team. But now that they stink, the Patriots still stink. So no matter what the Patriots do, it will not be good enough, and we will embrace this underdog role, and everyone will weep about it. Well, look, they beat oh, – look at all the teams they beat last year. They beat, like you said, they beat the Texans. They beat the Colts. They beat the Chiefs. They beat everybody good on their schedule. They lost some games all to non-playoff opponents. The next year comes, they beat all the bad teams and all we're here. They can't make up their mind. Last year, going into the playoffs, this Patriots team sucks. They're not winning anything. They might get bounced first. They did their quarterback's chart, and Brady was like four out of the six or something or five out of the six. It was some ridiculous chart. Of course, we did – you know, I kind of started the underdog movement. That really pissed off all of Twitter. It was fantastic, and I know that I kind of did it the other day, and all of Twitter gets mad. Bruh, nobody's saying this. You guys – nobody's saying this. Everybody knows you guys are great. But then two minutes later, they're in there. You check their mentions. Oh, the Patriots – defense kind of they're kind of overrated they're not that great they haven't played anybody last year they beat all the good teams and it was yeah they're not that great they're just not that good of a team there's no way they're going to win the playoffs they just bend over backwards to look stupid it's just patriots derangement syndrome they are absolutely living rent free in everybody's heads and it's it, it does get annoying it does get annoying because no matter what there's always something People cannot make up their minds at all, and it's just hilarious to see how stupid people are. LB, people on Twitter are very smart, and you will weep about it. Everyone on Twitter is extremely smart, including us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are the smartest of – we are the kings of the shittiest kingdom, brother. (laughs) You're right about that. I want to say also from our last podcast, I predicted that Chase Winovich would have a sack – 
and I watched rewatch the game, and OB he got really close. And you know what? It's funny because guess what movie beat Nate's order on? With yes. let's see, I'll guess the the um, I'm guessing the I'll guess the rip. I'll guess that he got beat with the rip. Spin move, inside spin move, got right around him. Daniel Jones felt the pressure and moved to his left, and Winovich kind of fell, and he almost had him. I was like, ah, oh, man, this is so close. The spin move, Nate Solder, very prone to getting owned by the spin move. See Super Bowl 51. I'll tell you, Winovich is playing fantastic. He's been great. All right, there's no denying it. He has just been great. He's playing great football. Guy, There's really nothing bad to say about this guy. Yeah, he also likes to call himself a scientist like me, so I'm, I'm actually I'm getting to be a w- bigger Chase Winovich fan than I was before. I at first thought it was kind of annoying, like just another gym bro, but you kind of have to look past the surface. He's definitely a gym bro. I would have to agree with you on that. He's not really all that big, but of course I'd see him in person and he'd probably be massive. I think it's just his position he plays. He doesn't appear to be a huge guy, but... He plays much bigger than he is. I'll give him credit for that. He plays like a really big guy, and a lot of guys on this defensive line have made Michael Bennett expendable. They've made him a non-factor, truthfully, which is very interesting. I'm not really a big they're keeping him fresh for January kind of guy because I always say, yeah, well, their greatest weapon that maybe they've ever had, Rob Ronkowski, never got that luxury. When he played, he played just about every snap, and – I, I just don't necessarily believe the freshness thing because if that was true, they probably would have been trying to keep Rob Gronkowski fresh. Granted, they would sit him out of games sometimes, but that's kind of my point. You're either active or you're not active. And like you said last week, Bill Belichick quote, if you can, dis- you know, if you can show me which play he's going to get hurt on, I won't play him on that play. Yeah, exactly. And also Bill Belichick said he's not an effing doctor, which might be true. So I think you're actually right about this, LB. Maybe it's possible that Adam Butler and the rest of the guys, the Patriots just like a little more. And maybe uh, Bennett does stay on the team, but his snap count remains kind of the same because the Patriots have guys that are just balling. And if you're the Patriots, that's a good thing. Like you like your you like young guys on low deals playing very well, like Adam Butler, guys like this, and making other guys, older guys, more expendable for the year going into the next year, so that maybe they could. If they wanted to part ways with Michael Bennett after the season, or maybe if a team offers them something nice for Michael Bennett, they feel like they can give him up and not worry too much about it because the defense is awesome. Either way, you could get a pick for Michael Bennett, or you have Michael Bennett, who's a really productive player on your team for playoff time, which is also a really good thing. So I'm not opposed to just about anything, but it wouldn't shock me at all if the Patriots trade Michael Bennett. If they do trade him, I'm with you. It would have to be a pick. I would imagine they trade him to the NFC, some type of team that's contending. My mind would think maybe Detroit because Belichick has those connections there. And then I started thinking earlier, what about a team? You see, it, it, I guess I guess Atlanta really wouldn't work because if they're about to start selling, I know that you have you have something that you want to talk about with Atlanta soon. I'm trying to think of a team that, that feels like they're in contention. I would say Seattle and Philadelphia are out. A team that feels like they're in contention and maybe a pass rusher away from really being over the top in the NFC. I can't imagine the Patriots would want to send Bennett to the AFC. 
because the only way a team's going to trade for Bennett would be if they're a contender, because otherwise, what's the point? You're going to be paying him this money. What's the point of paying this guy all this money if you're not even going to play? He's not exactly great for your locker room. There's, yeah, there's tons there. of facts. What's that? What's the team? So here are the contenders that could be possible. The 49ers have a good defensive line, though, but a lot of cap space that 49ers have. So this, this could be a place. Um, the Saints, I don't know if they have a whole lot of cap room. The Panthers, these are teams that are first or second in the division. Of course, the Bears, if they have cap room. The Packers? You know, after the Martellus Bennett experience, do they want to get the worst one? I mean, Michael's probably worse than Martellus, and Martellus went terrible. I can't yeah, imagine Martellus. Martellus wouldn't let his brother get a green bat. And I know Martellus is called Wisconsin racist, and he said some things about Wisconsin where he wasn't exactly thrilled about his experience there, not just on the team, but outside of the stadium. What other teams are there? I kind of like the idea of San Francisco, but do they want to – because like I said, Bennett's a, a situation too where he's not a great guy. He's not a nice Sherman's guy. there. You're taking on something that could possibly be you know, toxic. But Richard Sherman's there though. And are, are him and Sherman still friends? We don't know. Mm. San Francisco kind of feels like they make sense. Like you said, cap space, contending. Maybe they feel like they can add another piece of the defense and be even better just to, you know, really show the NFL that they're coming for real. Yeah, maybe I would say, maybe do you think if you're a San Francisco that you're thinking that you might might be a one or two seed this year? Maybe they don't. It seemed like they didn't spend all a whole lot of their caps. Seems like they have a lot. They have more left, so maybe there's some moves for the Niners to make. I know for a fact that the Niners were trying to trade for a very good wide receiver not too long ago. Which wide – like, do they have – so let's say the Patriots get a pick back for, for Bennett. Third, fourth, probably like a fourth or something like that. I don't know. Then maybe you flip that pick. You flip another pick, and you try to get yourself a wide receiver. In my opinion, I've said this quite a few times now, I think that – it's more of a need offensively at wide receiver than they have a need defensively for the defensive line. There's a lot of factors at play here. So like you said, though, I mean, if Bennett stays, that's great. If he's going to be a good soldier and, and, you know, just embrace his role and do his thing and, you know, be happy with what he's doing and not detrimental to your success and detrimental to, to your locker room, then, yeah, I'm all for him staying as well. But if you can move him – and create cap space and maybe get another pick that you could package and, and even forget packaging that pick, package other picks and maybe get a guy like a Diggs or a Sanders or I know that there's a guy that you really like and maybe we could use this as a quick segue. There's another guy that I know you really like that you actually kind of reported on back in May or so. There was two wide receivers that the Patriots were in on. And I know that you have some thoughts on Atlanta. Oh, yes, LB. This is going to be a fun weekend for Pats fans. You know, if you're a Pats fan, you might think, you know, why am I watching football on Sunday? Well, I'm actually going to give you things to watch for. LB and I both. There's a lot of things to watch for. We're nearing the trade deadline. Uh, the Patriots have a mini bot. And our friend, good friend Jeff Howe, reported that the Patriots are laying the groundwork to make the trade for a receiver or a tight end. And internally, Jeff Howe says the Patriots – have sounded hopeful that they could pry away Stephon Diggs from the Vikings. Though that seems like a lofty goal, but the Patriots would be willing to make a deal. How much? I don't really know. But the things to watch for, 
let's start with the Vikings. The Vikings, the Vikings play the Eagles, which Pats fans on now, it's going to stink to root for the Eagles. But you got to root for the Eagles here. The Eagles play at the Vikings, and the Vikings lose. And Stephon Diggs gets like a one-target day. Adam Thielen gets like 15 targets, two catches, because Kirk Cousins stinks. You know, just maybe the Vikings are like, ah, you know, this is going really bad. We need to shed some cap. Diggs isn't happy. Our locker room's kind of a mess. Let's ship this guy out of here. What's going on, Patriots? That's the, one of the things you should watch. I like the fact that he said that they're optimistic, and I don't think Jeff Howe just says things to say them. He seems pretty plugged in. He seems like a guy who worries about his reputation. He's not just trying to say things to say things to get attention. Jeff Howe doesn't need attention. He's very well liked not only by Patriots fans but seemingly the organization. He's kind of a guy that's no-nonsense. He He's good with the players. The fact that he says that they're confident in that, I think that goes a long way for me personally. It resonates with me, and I think that's something to be excited about. And that should also tell you that if they're confident they can pry away digs and they know that it would be a lofty price, it wouldn't be an easy task. They know that it would cost you a pretty penny in assets and not, not just that, but financially, that tells you that they're all in. They want a wide receiver. They will do something to acquire another wide receiver. Now, we have other names as well, aside from Stephon Diggs, who I think we would all agree is our first first choice there's a guy down in atlanta his name's not julio jones that i know that you have thoughts on you actually had some reports on earlier around springtime yeah it'll be on um, the patriots they tried to trade for muhammad to actually and adam thielen confirmed by i believe i want to say albert breer um confirmed this but the patriots would have traded for muhammad to but Dan Quinn wanted to keep him because Dan Quinn wanted the veteran player and was knew he was going to be coaching for his job this year, and the Falcons are struggling yet again. So if you're a Patriots fan, Falcons at Cardinals, not only can you watch young rookie fun player Kyler Murray in a very fun offense, but you can get to root against the Falcons as if you need another reason to root against the Falcons if you're a Patriots fan. I mean, I like the Falcons. I kind of root for them, but you don't have to in this instance because – Mohamed Sanu could be dished out. Dan Quinn could be fired, and then they completely sever ties, and Mohamed Sanu is once again available, who I'm sure the Patriots would be interested in, and Jeff Al also mentions this. I would like to also point out, OB, that OB, me, myself, and Alonzo are the absolute best at finding guys that could be on the trade block and ways the Patriots would trade for them. And it's just funny how we just mentioned like all these names and been saying it for a while now and then all the national reporters say expect to be interested in so and so and so so that's really funny but Muhammad Sanu really good route runner really smart player I think he'd fit in with Tom Brady really well also the Patriots think he would obviously they tried to trade for him and went to Rutgers obviously he said that last podcast but Muhammad Sanu would be very fun in this Patriots offense and people can say well he's not that good well maybe he's not a number one but he's certainly an overqualified receiver, if he takes the snaps of Phil Dorsett, he's a much better player than Phil Dorsett. Not even close. Much better player than Gunner. Much better player than Myers. He's he's a. I mean, his stats are better than um, Josh Gordon this year, and we love Josh Gordon. But Mohamed Sanu is a decent player that I'd love to have. And if you're a Patriots fan, root against the Falcons. Maybe you can get Mohamed Sanu. 
Yep, and not only that, this is another guy, uh, and this could actually lead this to the next guy that we that we like to talk about. This is another guy that the Patriots now we can say have been in on twice, not once, twice. They had interest in Mohamed Sanu back when he became a free agent. Before he went to Atlanta, they had interest in him. It came came down to the Patriots, I believe, and Falcons. They wanted Sanu. There was mutual interest. The Falcons, of course, offered more money. The Patriots usually aren't going to offer the most money, as we know. That's another guy. The Patriots wanted him then. They want him seemingly. They want him now. So it would be a fantastic fit. I looked at his numbers here earlier today. He's another guy that when he's used, he's very good. It's just he's not always used properly. The Falcons' offense should be better, but I don't think that they've had a consistent offensive coordinator calling the right plays really since Shanahan was there. It's it's a situation to watch for sure. I think that we should be rooting for some of these teams to really tank and just start to lose football games because you actually made a great point that what was you made a great point i don't want to steal your thunder you mentioned this about dan quinn and how the sanu thing relates to dan quinn specifically yeah exactly he could be fired and just the organization could just cut ties and Mohammed sanu is suddenly available the other thing i, I mean, want to say lb I, like before we go on is that a lot of people been given a shit for weapons talk but i just would like to say that as the Patriots are currently constructed, I believe they have the best chance in the NFL to win a Super Bowl, and I would be big shocked if they weren't at least there, and a little bit shocked if they didn't win, because obviously, very hard to win a Super Bowl, a lot of things, random factors, health, things like this. So, I don't, I'm not crying if the Patriots don't get a wide receiver. I'm just telling you, the best names and the best way the Patriots could get them. We're just telling you this. We're giving this information. I could care less if AJ Green or Stephon Diggs never come to the Pats, but if they did, it would be really awesome. And that would mean the Patriots would have a much better chance of winning. So I would be excited for that. Yeah, and not just that, but I mean, the Patriots have, have made it clear that they want to upgrade wide receiver going back a ways now. They offered Humphreys a good contract. He decided to go with Tennessee, and then at the last moment, they said, let's try to offer him more money, see if we can get him in here. It was a little bit too late. They signed an absolute lunatic who is as and trust me they knew as you and i talked about it the night that day on the podcast we talked about the tweet from incarcerated bob where he talked about how somebody was trying to um, accuse antonio brown of the things that obviously he's been accused of as we know and the patriots still signed him bill belichick wants another wide receiver the antonio brown thing kind of became too much of a burden and they cut ties as we know but they signed a complete lunatic with a lot of rumors floating around about him now we're hearing that they're interested in a guy like Diggs. It's been pretty obvious they want to upgrade wide receiver. Going back to many examples, last year they were interested in Demarius Thomas and another guy there at the trade deadline. They've been interested in wide receiver names, and I think that you can sit here and you can say, oh, yeah, these guys just want weapons. No, you and I have said ad nauseum that we believe the Patriots can win the Super Bowl as currently constructed, but – more importantly than you or I is probably Tom Brady and his feelings and keeping Tom happy, whereas it seems to us that Tom Brady wants another wide receiver. It kind of appears that way with the way he talks, body language. I don't want to body language doctor him too much, but it certainly at times feels like Tom Brady. He's liking Antonio Brown's uh, Instagram post. 
he had a no like a weird no comment thing on Antonio Brown. I don't know. It's just a it's a really weird thing. Yep. The other day they asked him, you know, can is the offense going to be able to do this and play better? He said, we'll see. I, I didn't read as much into it as some others did, but I mean, he did say it. It's something that, you know, you can read into it if you want. I just think it's pretty obvious that they want another wide receiver. And if that starts with digs and a bunch of assets, I can't imagine that they just end at digs. Absolutely. And so here's another game to watch, LD. Titans in Denver. You get to root against the Denver Broncos. Isn't it amazing? Because John Elway says that no one's up for sale. He's he's not trading anyone. So let's root for the Titans to beat the Broncos in Denver, which they probably could do. And Emmanuel Sanders somehow, some way, makes his way to the Patriots. Now, I do know that and this goes back to almost the Dan Quinn thing. I know that you said earlier how Dan Quinn really didn't want to trade Sanu because he felt like he could win this year. He kind of wanted to be all in. Might be out of his control soon. Now, John Elway might be the opposite, whereas John Elway is kind of fighting for his GM role, so perhaps he feels like he needs every last win he can get and he needs to squeeze every last drop out of this team. Now, if you're John Elway, I don't know what the big difference between four wins and six wins is. But if he's viewing it like I need this guy to stick around, he might be the difference between keeping my job or losing my job. It's 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 a funny situation. I mean, I hope that Elway does decide to sell. I think long term he should have a long term picture here. Manny Sanders is older. They probably could use some picks. You know, it, I I would love Emmanuel Sanders in a Patriots uniform. Like we talked about earlier, this is a guy that the Patriots have been interested in twice. Going back to when he was with Pittsburgh, they tendered him. They actually got him a pay raise. Then when 2014 came along, it came down to LaFell, Sanders. Both teams wanted LaFell or Sanders. It worked out the way it worked out. LaFell was here very good his first year, of course, helped the Patriots win a Super Bowl. Uh, Manny Sanders, obviously, has been very good in Denver, helped the Broncos win a Super Bowl the next year. It's a fun, it, It's an interesting situation. I, I would like really any of these wide receivers at this point. And to the lesser extent, I would probably say A.J. Green just hasn't played this year. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, if if the Patriots have to give something up for A.J. Green, I I would not be upset. There are people that are against it, a.k.a. at Dom Gonzo 12 or whatever the hell it is. He doesn't want anything to do with them. But, I mean, I wouldn't be upset at all if they went out and got a guy like A.J. Green either. Exactly, LB. You're right about this. I like A.J. Green, too. And that's funny because it's also on my what we should watch for the weekend because the Bengals play at the Ravens. So you might be thinking, root against the Bengals? Nah, they're playing the Ravens. Well, it doesn't matter because the Bengals have zero wins. So there's a great chance that they're not doing anything with anything this year anyway. So might as well just watch them beat the Ravens, right? But also, maybe after this game, maybe after the next game, AJ AJ Green becomes available if all these guys it doesn't work out with all these greens. I know Eifert, I don't really like him that much, but Eifert and just watch the Ravens get beat by the Bengals. It would be absolutely hilarious because you know there are some Ravens fans that are cool, but some of them would prob are probably right now talking about how Tom Brady's a system quarterback and Terrell Suggs owns. Which you know what? Let's actually roast. Can we roast the 2000 Ravens defense real quick? Yeah, F them. I'm always down for a Ravens roast. F them. 
So if you're if you have Google and you're a living, breathing human with Wi-Fi at your house, Google who the OO Ravens played on defense. The quarterback list absolutely horrible, and media pundits will quickly say they're one of the best defenses ever. But not not once ever has anyone stopped to think. Well, you know, they kind of didn't play teams that were very good. But with the Patriots, of course, they'll do it through six weeks. Oh, you know, they played so-and-so and Daniel Jones, rookie, and they played the Washington quarterbacks, and they weren't good, and they played uh, Big Ben's. He wasn't very good. And just all sorts of things like this about the Patriots defense, who might actually end up being a much better defense, especially for the modern era, than the O Ravens. And look, it's harder to it's harder to defend these days. There's no doubt about that. It's just it's harder than it's ever been to actually defend. And if you can slow down any quarterback, and quarterbacks are coming into the NFL more ready than ever, whether they're a rookie, no matter what it is, if you can defend a quarterback and make them look like crap, then all the power to you. It's hard it's hard to start quarterbacks in this league. I don't care who it is in 2019. And not just that, the whole scheduling thing I always find funny. Oh well, this quarterback actually sucks. Well, you know, the Patriots are also impacting their stats, and the Patriots are also handing all these teams losses. Would the Patriots be better off being 0-6? Because then all of a sudden their win-loss schedule, strength of schedule, looks a little bit better. So strength of schedule I I always find kind of funny because it's like a catch-22. Like if you lose to that team, all of a sudden your your strength of schedule looks a little better. But, I mean, if if you beat them – you're handing them losses. So of course it's going to impact. It's, it's a weird thing. I'm not, I'm probably not explaining it great, but you're absolutely right. The 2000 Ravens, everybody will kiss them. And they say that they're the greatest defense ever without even looking into the quarterbacks they played, because this is a whole new thing, you know, for the Patriots, everything they do will be questioned. They can win a million games and everybody will say, well, here's the reason, blah, 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 blah. It's all bull crap. It's all talking heads. It's gotten worse than ever. I would, uh, did you, did you happen to look into the 85 bears quarter? I mean, who did the bears play that year? I know that they played a really good team and they ended up losing in Miami. I believe that was their only loss of the year. They lost to Miami down in Miami. I think they got torched by Dan Marino and you know, I just don't think anybody does this for anybody, but the Patriots, everybody loves to look at the Patriots and just, and over-examine things and overreact to things. And the everybody's so reactionary to everything the Patriots do. It's goofy, man. Like, I mean, what can the Patriots do? If they're shutting down bad quarterbacks, they're shutting down bad quarterbacks. We also saw them shut down good quarterbacks in the playoffs. So, and as we've touched on, and as we've said, this whole defensive juggernaut thing kind of started last postseason. It did. I love that you said that because the 2019 Patriots are really – just an extension of the 2018 postseason team, especially on defense. They're a lot better on defense. Jamie Collins is there. They have a lot better players. Winovich, a couple other guys I'm forgetting in the moment. The offense, you know, might not be as good, but the level that the Patriots defense, well, the offense, I think it'll be better once Win comes back. And obviously, I think it's better right now. Like even Tom Brady looks a lot better and the run game seems to be coming together a little bit more than he did last year. But the defense is so much better at a level that is like so absurdly insane. Like if you look at their adjusted percentages for DVOA, it's so crazy. Like they were 16 last year in DVOA and defense. And now they're number one still, I believe. San Fran's still close after this game. The Patriots might be a little better because they had a couple interceptions, forced fumble. And obviously they had a great performance, but 
they're so much better on defense. Like the team is just all overall much better. Like because their defense just took that much of a jump and it really extends from the playoffs. Like they beat Jared Goff and the Rams in the playoffs. They beat Mahomes, held them to zero points and a half. They absolutely dismantled the Chargers. Like give the Patriots some credit. Like they're just the 2018 postseason team, but they're just slightly different. But they built off of that. Yeah, I agree, and I w- I know that you've you've made some so many great points this since the Thursday night game that with those weapons that Brady had Thursday night. Granted, the offensive line was better last year. I don't think anybody would argue that the offensive line is even close this year to what it was last year. But they they, they weren't putting up anything. I mean, the the offense last year was truthfully it was not great really throughout most of the year, and. This offense might be just as good or maybe slightly better than last year's offense. And we know the defense is better. And we saw things last year that were fun and it was great. But this year's team is even better. They just won the Super Bowl. So people want to question 6-0. and You're not questioning a 6-0, and you know, Lions team here that has never had success. So you really have to examine closely and, and with a with a with a microscope and say, oh well, here's why the Lions are six. No, it's the New England Patriots, six-time champions. They've proved it over and over and over and over again. They have the resume that speaks for itself. So when the New England Patriots start six and zero, oh, you should probably take notice and say, yeah, they're really good again. Yeah, the only thing you have to do is rewind. What is it? Eight months to the Super Bowl, when literally minutes after the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick said, "We'll be back." That's all you have yeah. to do. Just rewind, yep. listen to Bill Belichick, and ask yourself, has Bill Belichick ever out loud said any of these things? Has he, Bill Belichick ever been like, yeah, we'll be back? Anything like that? You remember anything like this? No. No, I don't remember really. anything like this, but also I'm kind of young compared to a lot of older Patriots fans. But I don't remember anything like this. Bill Belichick is telling you, this team is really good. They're really fast. I built this team to be fast, amazing. And he's helping – He's. I mean, credit to the Patriots. They've really tried to – at least tried to give Tom Brady better weapons, and they actually have given him better weapons. They've given him they, – they drafted Isaiah Wynn. They drafted Sonny Michelle. They brought in A.B. They signed Jacoby Myers, who looks like a decent player. And Gunner, Gunner showed us some stuff. So shout-out to the Patriots. They're actually actively trying to get better, and that's really good, and I like to see it. Yep, and Kill Harry, of course, yes, who we love. Yes, Harry. I, I Big friend of the him. podcast. I I, every day I forget Michael Bennett's a Patriot, and every day I forget about Nikhil Harry until I actually think about him. That'll be huge for the offense too. You know, maybe he's he's not super amazing, but if he can come in and have two catches a game, that's also really good. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, if anything he can give you, that's a plus. Hopefully he can give you a little something. If he can, if he can provide a boost at all, that's big. I'm personally not expecting a whole lot, but at least he's a body. So, if they do decide to ride it out with what they have and in hopes that Nikhil Harry is the real deal, let's just hope that he is the real deal because, as you and I have said, we believe this offense is good enough to win a Super Bowl with, and perhaps they get better when they add their first-round wide receiver. You know what? I'm starting to think, are the Patriots good at football? I'd say no. System football team. They're a system NFL team. They actually might be. You know, maybe maybe it's just a coincidence. They've just been knocking the shit out of other teams and have an average margin of victory that's 20-some points. You know, maybe that's just, you know, usually 
aren't there usually like five, ten teams per year will be that have like an average margin of victory that's twenty some points? Like, oh yeah, they gr- maybe they're just they, overrated. They grow on trees, brother. <laughs> yeah, the number one defense per DVOA in the league, and also a top ten offense in DVOA in the league. Very overrated. Usually, when a team has a number one defense and like even a top fifteen remotely, like people thought the Bears could win the Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky. And the Patriots' defense is better than the Bears. And Mitch Trubisky's, like, I don't know if you know this, but very Ass. bad and not even close to Tom Brady. And people love people loved the Bears before the season, and they knew this fact. So, Yeah, I'm taking Tom Brady at, like, 94 in a wheelchair over Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, me too. I think Tom Brady could play every play literally blind and as smart as he is, throw the ball to the correct place at least more often than not than Mitch Trubisky. Hey, look, sometimes quarterback play is as simple as being better than your counterpart. If we're watching these quarterbacks throw three interceptions a week, Tom Brady's not going out there doing that, man. You know, at least he's smart. Like you said, you can blindfold him. At least he's not just going to chuck it up to defenders and lose you football games. Granted, he had the strip sack. Same time, you know, he's standing back there for a while. His 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 biological clock, whatever the hell that thing's called, I don't even know. His The, the one in his brain probably should have gone off, and he probably should have known to get rid of it. But, I mean, his weapons, as we said, at that point, that's, of course, the play that Josh Gordon got hurt on. The offense wasn't exactly doing much. We know that they're a second-half team. They adjust. But, yeah, I mean, I'll take Tom Brady at 80 years old over Mitch Trubisky at any point. We love it very much. Anything else to say about the Patriots, LB? Except for good Patriots, do your job. We're, we're still here. And don't ever question my loyalty. Yeah, ignore the noise. Ignore the noise. Don't ever question my loyalty to this football team. Ever. Don't ever doubt my quarterback. You can doubt a lot of things in this world, but when you doubt my New England Patriots fandom, oh boy, you have really ruffled my feathers then. I bleed red, white, and blue, brother. Patriots blue. (laughs) Good Patriots. Thanks for coming on the pod, OB. Shout out to our boy Gronky for making the awesome Kyle Van Noy edit. That if you know Gronky or seen him on our timeline, you should retweet his Kyle Van Noy entry because it's the best boogeyman entry there's going to be. And Gronky's yep. really good at this stuff. Yep. And of course, follow his. Um, oh yeah, was just, I left it here. And of course, follow his um, his Instagram BlitzFX. Follow his. Twitter account at Gronk or Die. The or is with a zero. I know that he loves the shout outs and we love Gronky. He made us some really nice uh, avies for our title talk account. So we do love Gronky. He's the man. And we love Bryce and NFL. Absolutely the king of Patriots Twitter just owning people every single day. We love it. I love you very much, LB, fellow king. And we'll see you next time. It's it's the mini bye week, but we will get to it as soon if the Patriots happen to trade for a player or something cool happens, we'll absolutely be on here again, but until then, see you next time, LB. Ignore the noise. We're still here.